everyone, this is Olli and you're listening to Wild Research Bites Field Edition. This is the first ever episode of the Field Edition and this is a spin-off series from the Wild Research Bites podcast. But I came to the field, I came to South Africa maybe one month ago into the KwaZulu-Natal province on the east coast in a park called Shushlua in Falosi. Now I'm butchering that name but I cannot pronounce Zulu yet so well but hopefully after seven and a half months being here I can pronounce that name correctly. It's really good to be in the field, I've been here already for one month and I'm getting used to the routine that I have here, waking up really early, starting my work, going to the field, looking at Areas that I could potentially sample and the purpose of me being here for seven and a half months is because I know I need a lot of time to first of all get to know the system uh, get to know the park look at different areas where I could potentially sample so my field work here consists of soil carbon samples so I will be looking at how white rhinos influence soil carbon and this requires me to go to the different areas different rhino habitats take samples along rhino impact gradient so i can assess the impact of rhinos on soil carbon fluxes in addition to the ingoing carbon into the soil i will be also quantifying the outgoing carbon through the microbial respiration so it's very interesting because rhinos they in the wet season they're staying on these bottom lands which consist of grazing lawn bunch grassland mosaics which means that there are patches of short grass areas called grazing lawns and these grazing lawns are having a very specific kind of a grassland community compared to these tall grasslands, tall bunch grasslands next to the grazing lawn areas. And these grazing lawns are usually created by rhinos, but other animals also like them, such as impala, warthog and wildebeest. And when these animals come into these patches of grazing lawns, they trample the ground and create soil compaction. And then they also release nutrients through dung and urine. And these nutrients are recycled by the plants, providing very nutritious forage for the animals in turn. When the dry season uh, starts or when the wet season progresses into the dry season that's when the rhinos or that's when the grazing lawns in these bottom lands also start drying up the rhinos seek more fresh forage in the bottom land woodland areas where you have different kinds of grazing lawns with different grass species but these grazing lawns then persist for longer through the dry season but they also dry at some point when there's just not enough moisture in the ground to be used for biomass production. And that's when the rhinos start moving onto the higher slopes with bunch grasses such as Thimida, Triandra. And these grasses are very fibrous indeed, but areas on the higher slopes stay greener for a longer period of time. So I'm going to go into these different rhino habitats and sample soil along the rhino impact gradient. And that requires me to do a lot of planning. The park here is very heterogeneous in terms of biophysical template. So the rainfall varies a lot within the park. There's different kinds of soils, different geology, different kinds of fire regimes and different herbivore composition, different plant composition. So it's very, very heterogeneous and I need to find a way in which I can capture all this variation within my sampling sites. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to be learning a lot about the field and about the park and with me in the field I do have a field technician who's going to help me a lot he's amazing he knows everything about the local plants and animals and dungs and tracks and then I have a field guide 
He's a very experienced guide indeed. So yeah, it's going to be very exciting seven and a half months. And I will be broadcasting you hopefully also from the field. And I will be interviewing people at research, different kind of researchers, what they're doing in the park, what kind of research they're doing, as well as conservation practitioners, hopefully some people from the NGOs working with wildlife, as well as field technicians and game guards, if they just allow me to interview them. I'm very excited about this opportunity and I'm very happy that you have been listening to the first episode of this spin-off from Wild Research Bites. I'm going to be talking to you next time and I will be interviewing one of the field technicians for that so it won't be a monologue like this episode. I will be broadcasting this episode on a monthly basis and Emily is also going to continue broadcasting from Sweden. Wishing you all a very good week ahead of you and I'll talk to you next time.